Welcome to the Words That Change Lives podcast, helping leaders, coaches, and small business owners to 10 times the impact of their message. Join us as we delve into the art of powerful language, enabling you to speak with unwavering honesty, communicate authentically, and create a lasting impression with every word. You've got a voice for radio, Helby Duck. (laughs) This cheeky and yet affectionate statement from my dearly departed wonderful dad is the reason why I'm talking into this microphone in my daughter's bedroom because of the sound insulation and speaking to you today. But before I tell you that story, I want to say hello, welcome and a great big thank you for listening. This is Words That Change Lives. And if I'm honest, It's something that's taken a good few years to come to fruition, but I truly believe that everything happens just as it should. And it's at this point on my journey that it feels right to do this. And in today's episode, I'm going to be giving you the lowdown on my vision for this podcast, what you can expect in the coming episodes and how you can get involved as well. But before I do that, I want to share with you the story that led me here. And I'm going to share this with you for two reasons. The first is that this is my evolved core story. One element of the work that I do with clients is to help them write their own core story. But what we find is that as we evolve, our stories evolve. And as we learn and grow, we gain new perspectives and new focus. And our story moves along and evolves with us. And it's important to take time to put a new stake in the ground and tell the story from where you stand today. Otherwise, what can happen is it can become a bit of a sticking point in your journey in terms of what you speak about, what you offer people, what your services are, that can hold you back and that can keep you quiet and not visible. So I want to share that with you because where I stand today is very different to a few years ago. And so I'm writing my Evolved Core story as an important step in this process. And that's why I'm sharing it with you today. But I'm also sharing it with you so that you can start to think about your own now, you might not have a core story in in case you're going to be starting from where you are right now, which is fine. Or you might already have a story that it needs to be evolved, your own evolved core story and what that looks like for you. So in this episode, I'm sharing my story. And in the next episode, I'll be sharing step by step how you can write your own evolved core story based on the story I'm sharing with you today. So here I go. <laughs> And the starting point of this story isn't my dad telling me I had a voice for radio. It goes back further than that. It goes back to when I was a kid and I was a people-pleasing Pam. You see, I was very shy as a child. I was very self-conscious about how I looked and I went red when people looked at me. Blushing was a huge problem all the way from the start, you know, when I was very young. And then as I got older, it actually got worse So because of that and because of other things, it was a learnt behaviour to forego my own needs to ensure a secure attachment with people. That's essentially, you know, what I learnt as a young person, that actually if I do meet other people's needs, it means maybe, you know, they'll love me or whatever it might be. And this mantra sort of developed in my head, if you don't speak up, you aren't heard. And maybe that's a good thing to not speak up. So I didn't speak up and I wasn't heard or seen. And as time went on, I became inwardly resentful about that. 
but I tried in many ways to fit in. Um, because I was slightly awkward as a child, I tried to be the cool kid at school. I was actually having a conversation with my friend at the weekend about this, who was a sad kid with me <laughs> at school. And I used to do things to try and fit in all the time. Like, you know, all the cool kids were at the back of the bus and we wanted to go to the back of the bus. We went to the back of the bus and got bullied. So we came back to the front. I was always trying to be someone else to fit in. And what happened was, over time, I discovered that the comfort, a confidence came from somewhere and I could put on a bit of an armour. And I discovered that in dance and theatre. I joined the local Amdram pantomime group and I found that when I was on stage, I didn't feel like that anymore. The blushing didn't happen because I had like a form of protection. And this became my confidence mechanism in order to be able to show up. And I started to develop it in many different ways. And it led through to when I became employed. And my first proper job after doing my A-levels was at Virgin Atlantic Airways. And I started in the call centre and found anybody in a senior position intimidating. I would go red if I felt put on the spot. But as I moved into my career, I noticed I found the same confidence when I was standing up and training people. I moved into a coach trainer role. I think it took me about three attempts to get this job. But Richard Branson launched this new department where people were being coached and trained every month. And I wanted to do that because I felt it gave me a sense of confidence. When I was standing up and training people, I felt confidence and I became quite good at it. And in that process, I became fascinated by people, how their behaviour was so different. And if you could change your approach, you would get a better result or a different result. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed looking at people that were bold and confident. I wanted to be like them when I saw leaders who were like that. I was fascinated by people that didn't care about what others thought because I was so crippled by what others thought of me. I was really fascinated by popular people that drew others to them like a magnet and what it was that enabled them to do that. And as my career progressed and I moved from learning and development into leadership development, I was told quite frequently that I had a flaw. And that was that I was too nice and uh, too quiet, uh, not assertive enough. And I didn't put my hand up enough. I didn't put my fo myself forward for things. So I wasn't necessarily seen as top talent because I wasn't making myself known. It was an issue. It was a problem. And the people that needed to make decisions about me weren't seeing that excellence, even though some people were seeing something really good, I wasn't shouting about it enough. So I discovered a different way through because I didn't naturally have this confident, assertive, outspoken or even just uh, spoken persona. I developed a strength that I already have and used that, which was empathy. Kill them with kindness, they say, right? But I was really good at listening. Instead of maybe speaking, I was really good at listening. Uh, and so this became my weapon. It was my way of succeeding because I could actually influence people through listening because everybody wants to be heard, right? And it was holding space through my coaching and, you know, my training and having conversations with people and stakeholders that I was able to listen and influence them through that. And it did get me a good 
uh, climb on the career ladder. I work myself up uh, to a really good place by using those strategies of the confident persona of standing up in front of people and of listening. In my personal relationships as well, it was also a strategy that initially would work, but eventually would bite me on the bottom. <laughs> um, you know, not speaking up and, and not being heard, of course, would lead to, you know, problems and frustrations. And I remember a moment on the journey when I was in a bad place. I was a new mum. I was very sleep deprived and crippled by not being able to speak up and communicate what I needed. I wasn't able to articulate myself for fear of something. And so I stayed quiet and silent. But the problem is when we do that, we chew on those words internally. And that actually isn't healthy and it does us some damage. And, and that's what happened to me. I just let those words chew over internally, never to be spoken. And this is all on me. I take full responsibility for this, for not doing that, for not being able to speak up or not finding a way to do that and get my needs met. And I did that, you know, through my teenage years and young adult years. You know, it's a mechanism I built up to achieve what I wanted, but it would only get me so far. If I was ever going to build more successful relationships or be more successful in all areas of my life, I needed to unlearn some old patterns and start learning some new ones, some more beneficial ones. I had to learn to speak up, to be heard and to be taken seriously. And when my marriage ended, I found myself on a new landscape with the ability to tread new pathways in my communication. It was a real opportunity for me to be honest, to state my needs and boundaries and to centre myself. And when I say that, it's a term that isn't a selfish term. It's when you centre yourself, you're working on yourself as being the cup to fill, as in your personal development, your strengths, your skills, so that then you can be of benefit to everybody else around you. It's about self-love and self-care, but it's also about not centering other people and being validated by them and seeking happiness by their happiness. So that was something that I really, really did need to learn. And a turning point for me was when I sought counselling after the first period of difficulties in my marriage. And the counsellor sat across from me and said, you do realise that you're capable of far more than where you place yourself right now. It was a huge eye opener for me. Massive. It was like a light went on. And it was a phrase that I would actually hear again multiple times in the years to come. And here I learned that I first needed to love myself and decenter other things, other people, in order to feel more confident in my voice. And that meant getting really clear on my needs and my values and asking that they be met, which was actually something that was very, very alien to me. But I did some proper work on this. I uh, I did lots of uh, like inner work and uh, personal development and counselling and coaching. And this sparked the first throes of courage, which became my new value. And it set me on a new path in my life and business. And this involved setting up this business, which I am running now, and taking steps to share my then core story on the TEDx stage. Now, one thing that I haven't shared here is I ran away from my corporate career because of my crippling self-doubt and my ability to not speak up and uh, felt like any of the skills I'd had had just left me in motherhood, uh, which is what that TEDx talk is about. And when I went through this newfound awareness, I decided to prove to myself that 
I hadn't stood up in front of a group of people in a long time after leaving the corporate world. This I could prove to myself that I had it. I still had it. I was able to stand on a stage in front of a room full of people. I was able to communicate confidently. And I put myself forward for the TEDx talk and with 24 hours notice was landed the talk at the Brighton Dome. 1,500 people. I hadn't stood up in front of a room full of people in a good few years. And this was my first time. And if you want to hear that version of my core story to compare it to this one, you can find it on YouTube. It's called The Impact of Motherhood on Confidence and Career. And I've come a long, long way in my communication since that moment. And you'll see, but it's a marked point in history that was a huge turning point for me because this was a real win and evidence that I was capable of voicing who I was, of being courageous. And from here on in there, it was an upwards trajectory of wins that spurred me forward. And I drew on my leadership development experience in training and coaching leaders on their communication and their behaviour. And I started to develop uh, courses and programmes all around sharing your message public speaking, uh, becoming a speaker and all of the sorts of things I put on conferences and uh, I built on uh, all of this. And in my personal life, this also looked like unlearning everything that I thought uh, meant a healthy relationship and operating from a new place. So in that respect, it looked like how to put in boundaries in place, how to seek mutual respect in relationships and friendships, how to voice my needs, how to communicate clearly, not being afraid of conflict, because I had another belief that sort of conflict is fatal, that if there's a disagreement or someone's angry with you, that's almost fatal. Um, but in my business, it was around focusing on communication more and more, helping people have honest conversations, conflict resolution in the workplace, influence and negotiation, storytelling. And I was very lucky enough to be invited to become a TEDx curator and speaker coach for a, a new event that was happening in Moseley. And that was such a rewarding experience and really pulled together all of my skills and taught me new ones in how TED uses ideas worth spreading at a society level to really help change lives. And it was just incredible. At the same time as that, I was a monthly guest on BBC Radio Sussex. And this is where, you know, my dad used to tune in every month and listen to me as I went through the newspapers and found all the, the stories to, to gossip over with the radio host. And the more that I learnt in my personal life, the more I focused on it in my business life. And it was kind of like the two journeys were running parallel and I was taking from one, feeding it into the other. The words and their power were at the centre of this dual journey in life and business. But you get curveballs, right? And these newfound skills and this unlearning and these this new confidence and assertiveness had a curveball and I was, I slipped back. I slipped back into default mode without even knowing it actually, when four big life events happened at the same time. So for me, it was the separation and then divorce of my marriage. Uh, I had a health scare. I lost my dad and my mum became very poorly in the span of about eight months. Shortly following that, there was an isolating pandemic. <laughs> and that year I had secured many, many in-person business events that all got cancelled in the third week of March. So there was that and the homeschooling as a single parent, which I'm sure many people can relate to in the pandemic. It shot me right back into my old unhelpful patterns. And I want to share that because 
I don't think we're ever, you know, truly fixed and done. It's always going to be a journey, not a destination. And, you know, even more recently, I find this all the time. I get the tests thrown and, and I handle things maybe not the way that I should, but I learn from it and I do it different next time. And in the main, it's way better than it was. But life can throw curveballs and you can have knockbacks. But the good thing after all of those life events happening and the pandemic was that the newer foundations were still there. I had the new skills to have honest conversations, to to have boldness in being honest, to not be afraid to go to difficult places, to not be afraid of what people were thinking, to honour my needs and realise when things, um, you know, work, people or relationships were not serving me and that I can do something about that. A new version of me was definitely evolving. And this happened as I was also transitioning in other areas of my life. Kids go into a different stage of, of need as they get older. Uh, new relationships forming and old ones ending, a new direction in my business and how I wanted to show up in the world. And it was remembering my dear dad's words, you have a voice for radio (laughs) that set me in a new direction. I realised there could be more power in my words and I could help people in a different way using my voice. So I took a course in radio presenting because of what he'd said and I'd lost him since then. So I really wanted to, to move that forward in his legacy. And I took a course in radio presenting and landed a co-hosting spot on Radio Reverb in Brighton, presenting the Brighton Business Show with my good friend and colleague, Lisa Moore. We loved this gig. It was amazing. We got to record in a studio. We got to learn how to work all the buttons and we interviewed guests. It was a fantastic experience. And it was all of these events that would one day lead me here. And what it all boils down to is words. It's the power of words. Words have been the overarching glue of my entire life and career. And as a result of this journey, of the challenge and the learning, of getting it wrong and testing it out, I've come to realise three truths, which I'm going to share with you now. And the first one is a voice not heard is a life not lived. You see, too many people I meet, whether they be an employee, a leader, a client or a friend, find it difficult to speak up and be heard. Of course, this was me too. This was me and still is in some situations for a vast majority of my life and career. But I feel so passionately about this now. What about all those ideas and needs that go unnoticed, that go unfulfilled and unspoken? What about those? You know, the risks not taken, the experiences not had because we can't speak up and share our thoughts. So I really feel it's my purpose and mission to not only continuously work on this every day for myself, but to help others just like me, just like you, just like many others and many people in different cultures, in different uh, areas to have a voice. And everything I do from my corporate work to my private client coaching to my role as a TEDx coach and as a friend too, I really, really do believe that that motto, a voice not heard, is a life not lived. The second truth is that growth lies in discomfort. Oh, <laughs> Um, avoidance was my coping mechanism for a very long time you know it was totally my default if I avoid it it doesn't exist but of course we know that that's not true and that got me nowhere it's really unhealthy and a lot of people have avoidance as a coping mechanism I'm not I'm not you know down downplaying or anything it, it's very real but it's not it's not the way to go it's not productive it's actually more uncomfortable to avoid the uncomfortable thing 
and to face it and feel empowered to be in control and making positive change. Now, that could be standing on a stage. That could be having a difficult conversation with a boss or partner. It could be a disagreement with a friend. I feel it's better to go through that awkward rumble, that difficult part, with honesty and integrity than to cover it up and not live authentically. I really do believe that. Growth lies in discomfort. Uh, Which leads me to the how, which is the third truth, which is direct words equal direct wins. What do I mean by that? Well, on my journey, I've learned that we can speak our truth and we can speak up and we can be heard, but it's how we do that that's going to have the most impact. It's really, really important. So there's an art to impactful communication. Whether you're standing on a stage or having a one-to-one conversation, in my experience, being prepared and having a strategy will always see you right. You can't always prepare for the conversations or situations you find yourself in. But if you have a set of learnt strategies and frameworks, this is skill building, essentially. This is learnt behaviour. You will deliver in a more non-emotive, non-reactive, impactful way to get you the results you want. It's a conscious decision to enhance how you're delivering that information, whether it be a talk, a TEDx talk, a pitch, a presentation, uh, having a difficult conversation that you want an outcome from, how you communicate is directly linked to the results you're going to achieve and the outcome that you want. And so here we are in this place, in this room with this microphone and on the edge of all that, I want to share with you these golden nuggets. And over the next episodes, that's what I'm going to explore. So here's what you can expect from words that change lives. I'm going to have a number of conversations with some industry experts and people of note in the area of communication. These episodes will be called Candid Conversations. And I'm speaking with people from all different niches and industries with a viewpoint that we will explore candidly, because of course, I'm practicing what I'm preaching here, and understanding how our words can change lives from different perspectives. Another format to some few episodes I'll be delivering is head to head. Now, this is where I don't go up against, but I have healthy discussion, sometimes debate with uh, another person who might have an opposing view to something that is all around communication. So these ones will be interesting. There will be a versus involved And we will look at both sides of the coin and explore that in a way that is, you know, healthy and productive. And even if there is disagreement, it can be productive. Then there are the sound bites. Now, these are like, this is a sound bite that I'm sharing with you now. This is where I give you, I practice what I preach by giving you the skills, the strategies, the frameworks, the methods to enhance the impact of your communication, whether that be on a stage whether that be in front of a room full of people or whether that be one-to-one conversations. I'm going to be sharing the skills that you can put in place to maximise the impact of what you're saying so that you can change lives as well. And I want you to join the conversation. I want this to be an interactive experience. I want to hear how you're getting on. So each episode will have a call to action. And then you can either email me to share your thoughts, hello at helenpackham.com, Or you can share your thoughts online with the hashtag words that change lives. And we can start to build a conversation around this, an honest, open, interactive conversation. So the call to action for this particular episode 
is to start to think about what this means for you. What have I said today that has resonated with you in terms of your words and your voice and your story? Because in the next episode, I am going to be sharing with you how to write your evolved core story. If you don't have a core story at the moment, it will be your core story from where you are today. But if you already have a story and you want to update it, then this episode is for you. And I will look forward to speaking to you next time. Thanks for listening to Words That Change Lives. Please rate, review and follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really means the world and helps me to reach more people so that we can all harness the power of our words and change lives for the better.